Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. The two of you are here together. It's amazing. All come together. What does that mean? <laughs> well, no, it's just like the last couple of weeks, it's like you haven't made it or Fedra hasn't made it. I haven't seen all three of us together in a while, and it's kind of nice. Oh shucks. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I missed we, it. we missed you, too. Well, I was always here. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to run the show. Yep. Yep. All right, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go over some news. But uh, before that, I have seen Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And? And? So... <laughs> It's one of those movies I, I've never. There we go. <laughs> He's already starting to be apologetic. <laughs> it's one of those movies that some people may like, others will hate. No, you'll be surprised with what I have to say. I won't give any spoilers away. But the first 20 minutes were really good. It was mostly Gwen focused the first 20 minutes. And, you know, as I'm watching this, like, you know, when there are good writers and there's good directors and there's good voice actors you can see it on the screen and you i can't help but think back to all the crap that we've seen for years you know like how many movies we've seen where you know it's garbage right away but this was not garbage you know it was just a nice story is nicely nicely done everything like you know they did their homework that they want to make it as perfect as as possible and i, I was impressed i was kind of glued to the screen then uh, about an hour in, I started falling asleep. Um, this movie is two hours and 20 minutes. That's that's long for an animated movie. It is. It's way too long for right. an animated movie, especially of this like caliber and all that. Uh, this was supposed to be... Well, it is. It's a two-parter. Originally, this was called Part 1, and then the next one, Part 2, is supposed to be released next year, but they changed it. I think it's... Uh, this is across the Spider-Verse, and then I think the next one's called Beyond the Spider-Verse. But uh, they could have made three movies out of this easily because this one, they could have chopped this up in half and it would have been fine. And, but there were... Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there just was a lot of stuff that really wasn't needed. And like I said, I was falling asleep, and that's never a good sign when you start falling asleep. And I actually, I actually was tempted to walk out because I just couldn't take it. Like my eyes kept, my eyelids just kept like slowly closing and I kept trying to wake myself up. Why do you and, think they're, they're making them so long though? Uh, I think it's pompousness in a way. I think it's kind of like with Lucas, uh, you know, where he got such a big head. Now these guys have got, you know, big heads now too. And they're like, well, we can do everything. Like Peter Jackson, he had to make three Hobbit movies, which nobody wanted but he's like but i got such a great story to tell and i think that that's them too and it was a great story but they didn't need to take up that much space but it's funny because like i i was yeah, like, you see, i'll disagree with that what, what do you mean well the original was a great story yeah what he put to get what peter jackson put together was not a great story well, that's why he added a lot of stuff that wasn't in the book. Right. But what he added was not very good. If yeah. Just my opinion. 
but again, you know, who is a victim of his own success? And he thought right. that I could make the Hobbit even better than um, J.R. Tolkien. You know, he was good, but I'll make it better. But that wasn't the case. He blows now. That King Kong movie wasn't that great either. So I, I mean, you know what? I liked King Kong except for the stupid length. ice skating scene. I didn't like that, and I didn't like the dinosaur chase, and it was just was too long, too damn long. You know, I have never gotten into King Kong or Godzilla, quite honestly. I don't know Are why. You? Really, that's surprising. I really need to like take a chance and like actually watch them, but every trailer, I just never fell into it. I was a huge fan of King Kong 1976. Mostly for Jessica Lang. Oh man, I was in love with her. Uh, <laughs> Thirty-three was good because uh, it's the original, but seventy-six, yeah, she had me captivated. I, I th plus I thought it was a good movie too. I, I have a fondness for that movie. Um, King Kong versus Godzilla was just like Japanese fun, uh, you know, and that, that's movies you could take a kid to uh, or leave them at a movie theater and. Mm where they would have a good time. The Godzilla movies were fun. Anyway, getting back to this movie. So I, I actually thought several times I was just going to walk out. So I was like, I was like, no, I'm just going to stick it out. It's like, how much time do I have left? An hour and a half. Oh my God, I can't take this, you know? And I was like, all right, let me just stick. And then my eyes would keep getting slowly closing. And I'm like, oh God, I'm never going to make it. I'm going to have to leave. And then one character said one thing. And my eyes just lifted up. My eyelids were up. I was wide open. My eyebrows went up like Mr. Spock. And I was hooked <laughs> at that point. You, know? you were hooked again. It's so funny how like one thing can happen. And I remember that happened to me too in, in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Because I was falling asleep during that movie. And then all of a sudden Killmonger came out. And I was like, whoa, all right, now I got my attention, you know? And that's exactly what happened with this movie. And from that point on, I did not fall asleep. So there's a part when it drags, but just know something happens and it gets way better. And uh, it's, uh, you know, there's mind blowing revelations in this movie, I'll just say. And um, it ends on such a cliffhanger Everybody just moaned in my theater because it's such BS. I'd never seen a movie end this way before where it just, something is about to happen to a character and the screen just fades to black and it's like directed by it. And everyone's like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> uh, it's one of the worst cliffhangers I've ever seen because it just irritates you that you have to wait another year before you find out the fate of this character. Oh, yeah, uh, that's not cool. Yeah. It's like, why would you do that? They, they could have ended it better, but no, there was a lot of cool reveals. I think the whole, they didn't need the spider verse stuff. I think that they're relying on that for the fans that like Easter eggs. There's way too many spider people in there. There's, there is like when they said, Oh, we have, there are 240 individual characters. They weren't kidding. There, there's, there's got to be a couple hundred Spider-Man in this movie. And again, when you first see it, you're lucky to only see a fraction of them. Because if you're looking at the left side of the screen, you're only going to see people that are on the left side. 
and you're going to miss everybody that's on the right side because it's they don't always stay there. They don't stay there long. It's like maybe two seconds. So your eyes are really heavily at work. And um, that's why it's probably good to watch this at home where you can freeze frame it and fast forward a lot of it because a lot of it is crap. Uh, you know, the stuff that drags just, I mean, I, I want to watch it again, but I will not go to the theater and suffer through falling asleep again. But I can't wait for it to come to home theater so I can just sit there and watch it and fast forward the stuff. What is it? See. it well, they've shown it on the trailers of them pointing at each other. Is that what you mean? There's so many versions pointing at each other? No, well, they have that. Yeah, they do have that. But no, there's just so many different Spider-Man in this movie. It's like every, it, they gave us the kitchen sink. It's like, because I had noticed a few from the comic books, um, but they also had the spectacular Spider-Man from the animated Spider-Man show. Like, remember that oh, Peter Parker? Spider-Man show? Yeah. I mean, I noticed that because, like, he put on his mask, but he had, like, he has, like, a little, like, birthmark on his cheek. That Peter Parker? I don't know if you remember that. Um, but I remember that's that's what made him different, you know, when I was watching that. Because I watched it recently because it's on Disney+. Plus, and he's got, like, a, just a little bit of, like, a, a mole or something on his oh, cheek. Oh, no, that, that's... that's um. I don't think that's spectacular Spider-Man. No, it is. It is, because I just watched it. Oh, I'll, if it is, I'll have to go looking for it, because, man, that that's my favorite of all the Spider-Man series. Yeah, it definitely was. I know it was spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular, but, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. And they had the, uh, is the 1967 Ralph Baskey Spider-Man was in it. Um, Tobey Maguire was there, like, the live action, you know, they, they had scenes from that Spider-Man movie and Andrew Garfield. They might have had Tom Holland, but I didn't see it. But it, it was basically a feast for your eyes, but it just was information overload because they were showing so much crap all at once uh, that it was hard to decide what do you want to focus on. Um, and, well, that, you know, that's it, probably got to be tough too because, yeah. I mean, the first one the animation was very stylized and now this it's, is very stylized, but that's what I mean. It, from what you're saying, it sounds like they've matched all these different styles together where the 19th, yeah. the Banksy Spider-Man looks like the Banksy Spider-Man, mm -hmm. the, uh, Marvel animated. I, I forget what they used to call it. Um, that Spider-Man looks a certain way too. So um, maybe that's, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a overload. No, it definitely is. And I'm sure there, I guarantee you Taylor was probably grinning from ear to ear, but you'd have to experience it a couple of times in order to recognize all the characters that were on screen. Uh, it, it, it's fun though. I mean, I will say, um, and, and, you know, when there are characters that like, I think they had the six-armed Spider-Man, and uh, they, well, they had Ben Riley was there, and he was actually in comic book form, which was kind of weird. Uh, no, I, I would definitely suggest that you see it, but just realize it's two hours and twenty minutes. There's no after-credit scenes. Um, it's well, for long. The cliffhanger, I wouldn't think so. 
No, it's just like, uh, it's the most bizarre thing. I mean, I know people will say, well, the Empire Strikes Back. No, just like beats that where it's like you, you, you just don't leave an audience hanging like that. That's just, uh, I, I would say in a way, maybe the Matrix uh, reloaded because it ended like where Neo got uh, used his powers outside of the Matrix. And, um, and then he went into a coma maybe but this i think was was probably a worse cliffhanger <laughs> the worst <laughs> yeah because it's like you walk away and it's like you know i was enjoying this movie you could have at least ended it where there was some kind of resolution and then something happens but they were going into a problem that occurred and they never resolved that and it's like tune in next year kids <laughs> You know. Now um, I didn't. I didn't know this was a part one. Like this was this was set up as two movies. I thought it was all. Yeah, it was yeah. just one movie. It was set up as two movies, and it was called part one and part two. And a lot of people forgot that, like when they went into the theater. And I think that that's why, because now I'm reading online, people were really pissed off because it's like at least label it part one, so that you know we can kind of realize that we have to wait for part two to have an ending um yeah it's it's annoying <laughs> i'll just say that but it is very intriguing it, it had me thinking and, and again that's the sign of a good movie like that it has you thinking after you've seen it and and you're also like saying oh i can't believe that happened or i can't believe that's going to happen or or this happened and all that so it is it's a good movie i would I'd get, I, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I would probably really? give it wow. a 9 if it didn't drag as much and they got rid of all that Spider-Verse stuff because they really didn't need it. Like, uh, What's his name? Um, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara. He's not really a bad guy. Um, he's trying to keep things in line like in the Spider-Verse. Like, the Spider-Verse, like, there's a, an area. It's almost like the Nexus like where everybody meets from all different universes and uh -huh. he's kind of like in charge to make sure that nothing screwy goes on in one of the universes. Cause if it does happen, it can affect other universes or whole universes could be destroyed and all that. Um, so because of your high rating, you're saying everything else is good. Yes. So acting's good. Yes. Story writing's good. Music's good. Animation yep. is good. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Miles is... Uh, all right, this is my other problem with it. Miles is definitely way overpowered. And he's... It's like... He, he almost at one point, it's established that he's the most powerful Spider-Man in all the universes. And that kind of annoys me, especially that they made Peter Parker that Spider-Man. They turned him into such a wuss. Because all he, and I, I'm sure you've seen him in the trailers, he wears a pink robe and bunny slippers, and he's carrying around uh, his baby with MJ, like in one of those baby harnesses. I don't remember that in the trailer, but okay. Yeah, neither did I. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, he's like that throughout the whole movie. He's got his Spider-Man costume underneath his robe, but he never takes his robe off. And... Everywhere he goes, little baby Spider-Girl is with him in the harness. And, again, she has powers like him. 
Uh, and I think it's like Mary Jane, you know, has a job. Peter stays home and watches the baby. And it's just not right. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm sorry. He's, he is the, I don't know if he's the OG Spider-Man. You remember the first movie. But, but the OG Spider-Man died. The king the one in him. Yeah, that was in Miles' universe, but was Miles' universe our universe? Uh, no, it wasn't because he had blonde hair, that Peter Parker, if you recall. Hmm. And then the, the other Peter Parker that had the belly and liked pizza, I, I think he was like the OG Spider-Man. And that's the one I'm talking about. He wears a pink robe and bunny slippers and... He's very emasculated. I don't know, but I'm going to go see it anyway. No, definitely go see it, and I want to hear your opinion on it. Also, that that uh, Spider Woman, uh, that you know, who they race swapped, she's good. I actually like her. I, sometimes when they do stuff like that, it's an upgrade, and I'm okay with it. I would say she's an upgrade because I was never really a fan of Spider Woman. Well, which Spider Woman is it? Is it uh, uh, Jessica yeah, or Jessica. Julia? Uh, it's the the one that was pregnant. She's got the you know the oh red and okay. So that's uh, what's her name? Jessica Lang. Uh, I forget her last name, but it's the one in the red and yellow costume. Yeah, and she's pregnant in this movie, and she rides a motorcycle, and she's got a huge afro. Um, Afro, yeah, you come on, dude. You've had to have seen her in the trailer. She's maybe she's, I didn't re recognize her as the character if she's got oh, an okay. Afro because <laughs> she had that big, crazy mop of hair. Well, maybe it's but I, you know, we talking about the same one. She's she's black this time and she's got like I would say it's kind of like an Afro, you know, it's a, a lot of hair, a lot of thick. Yeah, <laughs> maybe okay. it's not well, an afro. Like I said, in, uh, you know, like some some of the female characters, they always would like. Remember how She-Hulk always had this huge, big pile of hair for years, and uh, Spider Woman was the same way. You know. Anyway, I know I liked her. I liked Miguel O'Hara. Um, the only all right, the other character I didn't like was the Spot. Which I think he's like, I would say he's kind of the villain in this. Which one is he? He's called the Spot or Spot. Oh, the Spot. Okay. Yeah. He he's a weird character because you know, uh, Fedra he 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 wears white and he has all these, well, black spots, but they're actually holes he can reach out from into different areas areas of what like anywhere yeah like, so like he's like robbing a safe like he can put a a spot on the safe stick his right like if, if i had a, yeah. if, if he put a spot on his hand and stuck his finger through he could have it go through his through his hand but then poke you in the back He'd have another spot coming, like a portal. Another spot would appear somewhere else, and that would go through it. 
Yeah, you know, he was a fun character, you know, because like he was kind of like a goofy villain, like in this movie. But then they made him a bigger character and like the catalyst for why all of these problems were going on in the Spider Verse and that they had to go after him. So I, I just didn't like the character. I, I still feel the writing is very good for Miles and, and Gwen. And I think they could have just done a movie with the two of them and maybe go after some kind of villain, uh, you know, some kind of Spider-Man villain that we hadn't seen. And it's, it still would have been an interesting story because these guys write well, you know, like when you watch it, it's almost, it's not, I mean, I, I would say the biggest compliment for something like this, it's an animated movie, but when you're watching it, you forget that it's animated and you think you, at times you're watching an actual drama. And, uh, and that's how the writing is so well and the voice acting, how everything mixes together perfectly that it, the final product is like you, I guess you just forget everything and you're enjoying the movie. Cause I, I, again, in the beginning, the first 20 minutes, I was just had my knees crossed and my, my fist to my chin. And I was like, Hmm, okay. I like this. <laughs> you know? Well, is it still kid friendly? You would say, or is this kind of like for the whole family, or still more adult? Themed? I think kids would fall asleep, get very antsy because it's so long. It gets very confusing. I was lost at times, you know, what they were doing because, like, with the whole multiverse, and I'm still probably a little confused where I'm going to have to see it multiple times in order to fully understand it. And okay. uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that happens, like where. It's like I probably missed something, something technical, because I didn't exactly get it, um, and I don't want to reveal anything. No, oh, please don't. No. Yeah, because uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about it when you see it. But right. uh, yeah, very good movie. Go check it out. Oh, what trailers did I go? Did I see before I wrote them down? Uh, trolls. <laughs> so that's, I think this is on the third or fourth movie that trolls. I think it's the third one. Yeah, and it's like a boy band crap movie, you know, like where I think him and members of NSYNC are getting together. Justin Timberlake is in that movie. And it just looks like garbage. I don't think it's you're the target audience. No, I'm not. It's for brain dead little kids. Yeah, like I don't think brain dead. I mean, I, I know I, I remember when the first one came out, you know, like Patrick saw it and he's like, Oh, this is terrible. He was a camp counselor and he's like, This is terrible. But he was like, the kids loved it because you know they're cute characters dancing and jumping around and you know, and it's upbeat music. So it's it's for little kids. Yeah, and they farted three times in the trailer. So that you know what your audience is. Exactly. Uh, they had Teenage Kraken, which is done by the people that did Shrek. And that looks terrible. I've seen that. That does look terrible. It, it's just like, you know, there, we're at a point like when we first started with Toy Story and they started doing that CGI animation, everything started looking better. Every time a movie would come out it just started looking better 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 and then they released crap like this and they're like well let's take shortcuts and let's make the characters not interesting not as many textures it's let's save money and that's 
kind of what I'm seeing with this movie and some of Disney's movies, unfortunately. Um, the Flash, you know, we saw the final trailer for The Flash. We all know what that's about. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that later too. Uh, and Gran Turismo, that actually looks pretty good. I play Gran Turismo. I've been playing it for years, and this is a true story. It's about some kid in England that would play Gran Turismo all the time, and they had this Gran Turismo Academy who actually Taylor, one of his friends, was in Gran Turismo Academy. He was like a, a big race car driver, video game driver, and he was able to compete on this reality show called Gran Turismo. And uh, I think he said he got eliminated. There were like 12 of them. He was the 10th one to go. So he didn't get very far, but uh, mm -hmm. they used to have a show like where they would get the best of the best Gran Turismo drivers and then have them basically compete in real life, like with real cars, you know? Uh, and this guy went on to become a racer for Nissan, this uh, character in the movie. So I, I, I might go see that. That looks pretty cool. Hmm. Um, and what was the last one? Well, that was it. Yeah. So there's hope out there. All right, let's get into the news. Okay. Uh, Deadpool three may be introducing or bringing back James Marston as Cyclops, Famke Jansen, Jansen as Jean Grey, and Halle Berry as Storm. Still called it. And yeah, Fedra did call it last week. She said that. Uh, because I think we were talking about Storm, mm -hmm. and you're like, what about Halle Berry? It's like, ah, she hasn't done anything for like 10 years in that X-Men franchise. She ain't coming back, but she might be. There she is. It's crazy. I mean, she's great, so I know she'll get right into shape and put on that Storm attitude, so I think she'll she'll do really well. It'll be nice to see him back. I'm really surprised about the other two. I feel like well, there are the a guy... couple. Huh? Well, Cyclop, Cyclops and Jean Grey are a couple and Oh yes, I know. Um I like that guy who played Cyclops. I wasn't so sure about her playing Jean. I mean she was pretty good. She was definitely better than the than the newer one who did that Dark Phoenix. That was just terrible. She was good in the first one. Uh the first yeah, episode. I, I liked her in the Otherwise, she was the cute. Dark, Dark Phoenix, I think, was a step down in those movies. Seriously. Well, yeah. That was the end of the X-Men. Right. But she was she was a, a villainess in Goldeneye, Famke Jensen, and she was really hot back then. Was her name was uh Irina Onatop or something like that? And she would kill men with her legs. She'd have sex with them and then wrap her legs around them and basically cut off their 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 breathing <laughs> and they die with a smile on their face nice i mean it's not that bad a way to go <laughs> i wouldn't want to die uh i wouldn't be like guess how i died you know if i made it to heaven i'd be like that damn son of a bitch <laughs> i knew she was trouble <laughs> um i'm just you know i'm kind of concerned uh, maybe about their ages. I haven't seen how they all look now, but uh, yeah, but so is uh, what's his name? Hugh Jackman is aging too. So it's what are you gonna do? It's a it's a 
it's a Deadpool movie, so I'm sure they'll explain a lot of stuff. It is kind of funny though when you think about with the first Deadpool movie. They have a scene where he shows up at the mansion, and uh, uh, Colossus and uh, what was her name? Mega Teenage. Oh, Sonic Mega. Yeah, I know. Warhead. <laughs> They're the only ones there, and uh, he's like, "Where are the other X Men?" It's like, "What you couldn't afford them in this picture?" And it's kind of funny now that they're like at a bargain rate <laughs> price to get them back after the franchise failed so much. <laughs> well, you know, I think it'll be fun to see them all back. And who yeah. knows? Maybe they'll show up some way or another in the MCU and be, you know, like they turned them into in the first uh, trilogy. Uh, they'll be the teachers in the school. I forget, though. Isn't Cyclops dead? Well, so is yeah, Jean. She, she, she killed him in uh, The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. I think Jean, well, Jean died there, too, but she's, you know, the phoenix, so doesn't necessarily mean she had to be dead. And I, I, I think Storm died in one of the later movies. Did, uh, she did, but that whole future was rewritten. Okay, that's right. That was Days of Future Past. That was Days of Future Past. Yeah. Which was really pretty good. I, I, that, that, I, I really liked that one a lot. I should watch that again. Well, I think it's on Disney. You know, speaking of, yeah, yeah. Holy, I'm telling you, it's like I know we, I specifically, I rag on Disney a little too much and Disney Plus. It's not so bad. It's got all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars movies, all the Spider Man movies. It's got the X Men movies, the Wolverine movies, the Deadpool movies, the Fantastic Four movies. I don't know if it's got Daredevil on there yet, the original Daredevil. Oh, it Ben Affleck, or I'm sure they don't have the Ghost Rider one on there either. But they they have a lot of stuff on there, and now they they've added the Indiana Jones movies. That was a nice surprise to see. Yeah, the, now you see those. I want to go back and watch. I mean, I know it didn't last too long, but I kind of enjoyed when they had the teenage Indiana Jones. Yeah, and they had that too, the Young well, Indiana Jones adventure. Yeah, well, that, that's the Indiana Jones series, Young Indiana Jones. But like when he was a really small kid, I didn't kind of, those stories really didn't keep my interest. I, 100%. But I did like when he was a teenager, like when he was uh, in World War One. I, I think they were in the Congo or something. Hmm. Yeah, it didn't make sense for like a little kid. He was like Dennis the Menace, you know, at that age. To go out adventuring, but like an older one, yeah, like about 17, 18 years old, that made a little more sense. So, and I, did you ever see Ephedra, the young Indiana Jones adventures? A little bit, but I don't remember it now, so I would have to rewatch. You know, well, I'm not gonna rewatch so <laughs> I didn't watch all of them, but I, I, the way they used to handle it is that they used would show one week would be like the young one, you know, who was like maybe seven, eight years old. And then the next week it would be the older one who was about 18 years old. And then it would go back to the young one on the third week and they would keep swapping it. And it's funny. Cause like every time I would see that the young one, you know, the kid 
and like you I turned it off. That's week. what I did. <laughs> no, I just like I'm not watching this week. So, ooh, the older one is back. Okay, I watch it now. And uh, and Harrison Ford showed up uh, in one episode. I remember he, was, he had a saxophone and he was playing it. And I think I don't know if he was surrounded by Nazis or something like that. But he started playing the saxophone and um, he was by like I, I think he was a like a ski lodge or something like that. And an avalanche started and he, that ended up killing them all. Um, and then there was a really old Indiana Jones. He was like in his eighties, like what Harrison Ford is now, but he looked way older and he had an eye patch. Like he was missing an eye. I don't so, remember that one. Yeah. Um, that's to show he was still alive years and years and years later. I mean, I don't know if it's considered canon, but I, I, there's part of me that wants to watch it, you know, just to, for nostalgia's sake. We'll know soon enough. And and do you have 4K TV, Jack? No. I thought you did. I always, all right, never mind. They're in 4K. I've got look, plain old vanilla HD. They look beautiful in 4K. I would definitely check them out. Do, 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 do. Oh, so yeah, we had talked about this already, but the rumor Fantastic Forecast, which some side is saying that this is it, you know, it's Adam Driver's Reed, uh, Margot Robbie is Sue, this guy Paul Meskel is Johnny. So and I didn't know who this guy was, but apparently he's an Irish actor and he was nominated for an Academy Award recently. So he's probably decent, but he does like independent artsy films. And then David, David Diggs has been who voices Sebastian. And that's got to be some kind of Disney influence. Um, and the other one that they keep talking about is Antonio Banderas' Galactus. So, Fedra, what are your thoughts on these casting geniuses? I mean, it doesn't sound like a bad cast. I'm, I'm going to stay open about it. Right. I definitely agree that the Disney connection is... Probably, you know, some negotiation there to keep him going, you know, to be seen now after The Little Mermaid. Um, I mean, again, I, I'm i not going to say that I didn't like those films, but it never I never got really attached to them. So I think I'd really like to hear Jack's opinion on look and style for the crew. Um, well... Overall, I don't think it looks like a bad cast. Um, Adam Driver, I think, is terrific. Um, honestly, I'd kind of rather see him as Doom. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think he's terrific, so I think he could make a great Reed Richards. Um, Margot Robbie, I think, she, I think she has a look for Sue Storm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, let's see, the guy playing Human Torch. I I don't know anything about him. Well, I just told you. Yeah, but he's from Ireland too. In anything. Um, the guy who they have playing Ben Grimm. Uh, wasn't he also in that series Snowpiercer? He might have been. 
like it, it was it was a movie now they they made it into a series and i i've seen a little bit of him and i think he's pretty good um of course you know he doesn't you know match the typical ben Grimm, but let's face it we knew we knew something had to happen in uh the disney casting room uh but you know what i think he i think he's okay so uh i'll put it the same way as edris ilba playing heimdall in thor you know it 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 could have been worse but you know at least the guy is a, a pretty good actor so um i can't speak for his singing in uh the little mermaid <laughs> but like i said the things that if he's the guy i think he is um i think he should do all right plus you know what uh he's not going to be human very long a after after the movie starts and they get their powers um you know he's going to be replaced with the uh, makeup or cgi well look i had said my biggest fear this being disney and him being a black actor is that they don't want to conceal the fact that he's a black actor that they might have him change like like the werewolf or something like that like uh, i, I wouldn't know, be surprised i'm just saying i wouldn't be surprised i i hope they don't do that because the whole one of the big things about you know ben Grimm is he's stuck as the thing he does not you know he does not enjoy this this is not fun you know the human torch he gets to have superpowers go out fly around and then be a regular person the same thing with reed and sue you know but ben Grimm is cursed you know he has this super strength and everything but he looks like a monster and if you take that away from him by letting him be able to change back and forth you know just so you could show off diversity in your cast um they're really missing a big point of who's the character is hmm. you know because well, he's not he's not the hulk that changes when he gets mad you know he he's he's stuck all the time looking as like a monster and part of what makes him such a great character is the fact that even though this has happened to him and he does get pissed off from time to time he really tries to keep his attitude right so he can do good in the world rather than getting angry and bitter and plain old nasty he the, ben Grimm has all the reasons to turn into a supervillain but he's got the strength of character to stay good, to stay a hero. And uh, like I said, if the, if they make it so, oh, well, you know, we can't hide this guy under, you know, a suit or a CGI. We have to show him because, you know, we're such a progressive, forward-thinking company. Um, you're really doing a disservice to the character itself that he's supposed to be playing. Um Oh, yeah, but but otherwise the rest of the cast, I think I think if this is true, they should be good. Well, what about Antonio Bandaras as Galactus? Um, same, almost the same thing as the guy playing Ben Grimm. You know, how much are we really going to see him 
if, if he's if they stick no, to the comics. You know, does he have the chin to be Galactus? Yes, he does. <laughs> well, well, first of all, I don't think we'll see him in the headgear. I think it'll probably be like the CGI giant or whatever. It's just his voice I'm concerned about, you know, because I never pictured Galactus. I, I could see Morgan Freeman, you know, or, I mean, I know they can't do it because he was Odin, you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins, or somebody with a regal voice, you know, like or James Earl Jones would have been good too, but I'm sure people would can't help but think of Darth Vader and Mufasa. Uh, yeah, um, he's kind of too iconic there to fit Galactus. But I don't, you know, that's a good point though. I wonder who has a good booming voice for Galactus. Can you think of anyone, Fedra? Mm. I mean, I liked the idea of what he was saying with Driver. But yeah. um, other than him, I mean, if they wanted to be diverse, but I think it would be probably, uh, I don't want to say politically, but I guess socially incorrect now is that guy Majors. Uh, he's on a very... He'd be a good vibe for that, <laughs> honestly. He plays a good villain. I know. He's on, like, what is it? He's on very thin ice right yeah. now. I, I don't think they're going to touch him with a 10-foot pole. And they're still not sure what to do with him. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, hopefully it'll be good. But, again, I, I after Phase 4 and Ant-Man, I lost a little faith in Marvel. I, um, I think they're going to get, according to their track record, I would think they would get Fantastic Four and X-Men wrong. Um, I, I, they'll get arrogant. They're like, all right, you know, the reason why those movies didn't do as good at the box office as they could have, because they weren't big names, but now we have big names and we could still push our political agenda. I think mean, that's what's going to happen. And I guess it's okay to do that with X-Men, but you don't have to do that with Fantastic Four. Uh, Fantastic Four, that, that isn't the place for it. Yeah. Uh, the Fantastic Four don't go out and stop crimes. They go out and they're exploring and find all sorts of crazy stuff out there. You know, they don't stop someone from robbing a bank. And they're not that kind of group. Um, I mean, from what you, you just said about the thing, you know, what came to my mind... Would, would be the word uh, perseverance. And that's something that is a very good virtue to show because even when, you know, he can't change his appearance, he can show through his actions and his words, you know, being the superhero that he is. And I think you're going to take that away if he can just change back and forth to whatever he wants to. You know? Right, and I mean, even when they had him in the comic books, that he could revert to his human form, uh, it never lasted. You know, it always, it always stopped at the worst possible time. Like uh, one of the one of the most famous Fantastic Four stories uh, was in issue fifty-one. 
uh, this man, this monster. Oh yeah, I, was, I remember that. Where, I was that just now. Yeah, where someone steals Ben Grimm's powers as a thing, and he reverts to human. Well, the other guy takes his place as the thing, but you know Ben Grimm is like, okay, you know what? I'm free of this now, you know, and he's he goes to Alicia's house to propose. And he just knocks on the door once. And that's when, of course, the other guy dies. And he becomes a thing again after knocking on the door one time. That's, what ha that's the kind of stuff that happens whenever he gets the ability wow. to back and forth. It's always at the worst time it becomes permanent. And as it was a very memorable issue for me, too. I remember reading that as a kid because what happened was... I think Reed was willing to sacrifice himself to save Ben. And then Ben was like, Oh, I was wrong about because didn't he want revenge on Reed or something? Yeah, he, he well, the guy who stole the powers, which is funny because they never really gave him a name. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't recall. So he stole the thing's powers, and his plan is to kill Reed Richards because he's always been jealous of him. So he creates a situation. And uh, Reed Richards ends up stuck in a negative zone, you know, and the thing, the, the fake thing um, is pulled in, you know, and, you know, Reed starts yelling at him like, geez, what, what are you doing? I, I never wanted you to get hurt like this. This is terrible, Ben. You know, we're doomed. It's like, I, if it happens to me, it's fine. But I didn't want anything to happen to my best friend, you know. And the guy's like, this is the person I've hated. You know, he's not even upset that he's meeting his end. He, he's upset that that I'm I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get killed. You know, so the guy has a change of heart, you know, while they're waiting to hit the, uh, what do they call it? They're going to get disintegrated once they hit the boundary where matter and antimatter meet. And uh, the guy throws Reed Richards back, you know, in a Hail Mary pass and sends him through the portal back, you know. Yeah. He eventually hits the... I, oh, jeez, I don't remember the name of it. He hits the barrier, you know, and he dies. And that's just when Ben Grimm knocks on the door once at Alicia's house. Yeah, he's sitting on this big rock in space, you know, and he's just mm. like accepting his fate he's like all right for once in my life i did something good you know and they'll never know it was me that did it and uh it's i, I love that comic book that was a, that was a great story it yeah. really was and then they were all crying because they thought ben was dead and then he shows up and they're like oh ben <laughs> you know like the real ben shows up and um, he's like what the hell happened i i had it made i was free i was done you know, but the, see now these guys, Marvel will have me if they have the Yancey Street kids in this movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I used to love that because these were like, I wouldn't say they were like the little rascals, but they're always making fun of the thing and throwing tomatoes at him. Like, you know, he's walked down the street, you know, like just like you guys just try something, and I swear I'll rip you apart. And and these and you would never really see the kids, you know. But they would always like throw lettuce or tomatoes at him, and I'd get a kick out of it if they were in it. 
But yeah, but like I said, I mean, you have you have stories like that, Fedra. And once these guys who, of course, know better than the people who had these characters for, geez, 70 years now, you know, the, these these new guys, you know, who are going to update it and make it more modern with the agenda, you these know, they know guys. better than what's kept these characters going. It's kind of like, like what they did with the new 52 at Lobo. They're like, oh, oh yeah. The hulking Lobo is so passe. Let's make him like a pansexual, uh, you know. Teenager or something, right? Yeah, like with the, no muscular form whatsoever. I mean, I remember when I saw that, my mouth just dropped. I was like, that's Lobo. Yeah, because Pedro, that character, once again, once again, Lobo was a product of the 80s and 90s. It's like, no, he can't just be big. He's got to be huge. He can't right. just have, like, long hair. His hair has to be like a mane, like a lion, you know? Yes. He, he, he can't just, you know, beat up criminals. He has to go and hunt down the Easter Bunny or something. You know, like, just totally everything was so excessive. That was the whole point of character. It was funny because excess. Because, like, again, he was a big muscular guy. Like, I would say almost like he had Schwarzenegger's arms at least. And you know, he'd wear like a, a denim vest, like a biker, and you know, sleeveless, like what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> you know, you know, just to show his guns. And uh, he would just his whole life was basically going around space, going to bar from bar, getting drunk having sex, having fights. That's all that he was, you know, and I guess he was kind of, he was mostly a villain villain, but I think he was kind of like an anti-hero. Yeah. It sounds like an anti-hero to me. Yeah. And he would smoke a cigar. Riding um, through space on his motorcycle. He just was a badass, And, uh, <laughs> and the comics were just, they were just brutal. I mean, I love them. I know Jack would hate them. Like we would go. Sounds like I would comics. like it. <laughs> I think you would like it too. Well, the artwork was beautiful too. It's just the artist was amazing. But what? Jack, are you? Are you? No, yes. Yeah, the art. The art. Well, the art was very Simon, stylized. Simon Bisley, I think, was his name. Yeah, it, he very the covers stylized anyway. artist. You love um, him or hate him. But yeah, you know, like I, like Jack and I would pick up comic books like during lunchtime, and I'd be reading Lobo, and he'd be just like shaking his head. <laughs> You know, with his monocle, he'd have to remove his monocle and then pick, get his little, his uh, little thing of snuff. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, reading Lobo again, I see. <laughs> A droll. I've picked up the complete works of William Shakespeare in comic book form. Um, was... I remember the past very differently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So anyway, the Flash director Andy Muschietti says no one will, no one else can replace Ezra Miller if there's a sequel. What do you think, Fedra? He totally can be replaced. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like a ploy to secure his position. And if we can't say that about majors. We can't say that about Ezra Miller. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Equality there. Very true. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, as the director, he's got to do whatever he can to support his film, the actors in his film, everything. But let's face it, Ezra Miller, I don't know. What do they do? Have him on tranquilizers or something that he's staying out of trouble? It's him locked in a room somewhere? Um, but well, I mean, they might. They might, Jack. I mean, uh, uh, they no, might that's, that's only keep him in the trailer, you know? So, I mean. I think they, they probably showed him a picture of the check he's going to receive if he behaves until the release day. That too. Uh, oh, yeah. I can totally see him run by money. Yeah. I, I, I see him, you know, he's got, you know, a gorilla as his keeper that just keeps him in one spot behaving himself. And uh, because if he kept going like he was, he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't last. Somebody would take him out. Yeah, I, and they'd have to replace him. I think the the main reason people are going to go see this movie is for Batman. Michael Keaton. They can care less about the Flash. I'm surprised even the Flash was even given a movie. It's they were all given movies to Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. We, we don't even know if that one's ever coming out. Um, but it's like because they wanted to do it in opposite way, where like the Avengers had all the movies for all the characters come out first and then do a team up movie. But instead, they did a team up movie and they're like, well, we'll release the movies later. But yeah, I, I don't think the Flash really deserves a movie. He didn't, it's not like he made a huge impression in justice league or anything like that but it's kind of a way to end the Snyderverse, and i i think that that's what they're going to do i don't think we're ever going to see the flash again i really haven't gotten into spoilers even though so many people have seen it now it's whenever i go on reddit they're always giving these previews to this flash movie like huh. every, every week it's like, I've seen it. Here's my ticket. You know, I've seen it. And yeah, I mean, I believe people have seen it and all that, but uh, I've been kind of keeping away from potential spoilers, although I knew the original spoilers, but that's changed. Um, but yeah, no, I, I only want to go see it for Keaton. And I hope that they're like, well, let's give Keaton another Batman movie after this and screw Ezra Miller. We don't need him. I wonder uh, if they were. I wonder if this this is uh, what what did they used to call it when a character would show up on a TV show? Guest um, appearance. I have a story like a, a uh, backdoor pilot or something like that. I wonder if that's what they're going to do with Keaton. You know, see how the audience reacts to him coming back, and then give him that new movie. Well, I hope so. You know, because. It's funny, like I saw the trailer today when I was watching Spider Verse, and you can say what you want about him. He's got a good voice for Batman, like where he's not Christian Bale, where he's like screaming, and he's not Ben Affleck, where he's got the digitized voice. He can use his own voice and still sound like Batman. Um, and he's got a good look too, and and you can see in this movie that he's aged and that he knows more combat than he did before. He's got more technology than he did before. I think it's going to be a fun movie. Um, but I also think too, that I think I'm going to be disappointed. I think people are making it like, just because they've seen it early, 
they're like, it's the best movie I've ever seen, but it probably isn't. It's probably good, but I don't know if it's going to be the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm, hope, I'm hoping it'll be, it'll be watchable. Yeah, I hope so too. But then uh, again, I like Shazam, so. So the uh, Flash is coming out pretty soon. I think in like two weeks, and um, the estimates for the box office are pretty damn low. It's like seventy million dollars for the opening weekend, and that Elemental, which is a new Pixar movie, is forty million. Uh, it's definitely not looking very good for either one of those films. No, it's not. Why? Why? Why are they so low? Because usually, you know, they'll they'll put it around the hundred million mark as a safety net. But like you said, that that's just very low for uh, a superhero movie or a Pixar movie. Are advanced sales that bad? Um, that's probably a factor in it. Like they look at the percentage. And how it meets the the box office when it actually happens. So what do you think, Fedra? Do you have any idea? I was gonna say, like, is is maybe people just avoiding the theater, trying to, you know, save a buck because it is expensive. It was like it is fifteen dollars to go and see like just a regular movie. And I yeah. and I think like as you know, especially because it's going toward the summer, you know. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a family, but if, if I did right now, you know, I'd be wanting to not only like save up as I'm getting by each month, but I want to put stuff aside for the summer to go to an amusement park or, or travel. And I want to really be picky about the films that I'm watching because of how many so far that we've seen have really bombed that maybe they don't want to take the risk at this point. Yeah, could be. Well, yeah, I mean, and th there's a lot to it. I mean, a night out at the movies is not a uh, a cheap deal anymore. I mean, you're looking, I mean, there's only three of us. And, but if we go out as a family to see a movie, we're, stu we're still looking at over $100 for the night, probably. Between the tickets and snacks and stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's not a, not a cheap deal anymore this is why you got to take a backpack oh, <laughs> i'm well, sorry i go to the theater by a dollar store we couldn't always afford the big uh popcorn so uh you know we kind of had to make our own little snacks not that i'm saying to condone it but hey you know you gotta save a buck or two you know oh so i got a rant I, I but I always I think I mention this all the time. I can't stand the way theaters are now, with the uh, with the was pre-sale seats, the assigned seats and all that crap. Yeah. What happened to you this time? No, it's just annoying. Like when you're trying to pick your seats, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I could sit right in the middle, you know, where there's no one next to me on my left and the right. And they're like, eh, you have to pick a seat that is next to another seat that's occupied. Why? Why do I have to do that? Yeah, you keep that. That's it. They they don't leave leave you the option to put that one seat between you. That's such BS. Mm. 
Oh, I, I, I can't stand it. You know, it's ugh. just it kills my moving going experience, especially when I used to go from theater to theater and I would see like three movies in a day, you know, just kind of. I'm kind of ca- that my, my rant would be. I like that they, you know, put certain like notifications up right before the previews. I wish they would have a sign where it says like, open up your packaging before the movie starts. Cause that's what I do. I don't even have to start eating it, but if I've got like a snack or a candy and it's got a wrapper and a box, I usually open it up beforehand. So I'm not in the middle of the freaking, you know, film. You know, it's like, oh, like, why, why are you doing this? <laughs> it, it's a good thing we have like a dozen states between us because I have no problem, crinkle, 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 you know, to get my Twizzlers open. I don't care. I'm not that loud. If I have a snack uh, at a movie, I'm done with that snack even before the trailer starts. <laughs> You know? <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm so pissed off. It's like, why do we even buy this crap? Because I it's like 10 minutes until the movie starts. And I'm like, uh, I'm like looking at whatever I have. It's like, all right. Like I'm like, I guess I'm like Homer Simpson. You know? I am clearly opposite. It's like because <laughs> these movies are so long now, like I literally wait 40 minutes to an hour. And then I'm like diving in, unless it's like popcorn. Then I'm like constantly snacking, constantly. But like, if it's an actual snack, or like in these really like fancy theaters where you could actually have a meal, like that's when I'm like waiting. And then because I don't want to like get up, and I don't want to feel like I have to, you know, get anything. I just want to chill throughout the whole thing. Oh man, I'd be making you nuts. I'd have a bag of Doritos. Oh my god, yes. I would be giving you the look of death, Jack. I really would. (laughs) Especially on those quiet parts where you enjoy that pause. It's like, no, the person has to open it up right then and there. It's like, really? Really? Okay, that was was my rant, too. (laughs) Yes, I think it's uh, the low box office, like both of you said. You know, like, you're right, Fedra. I mean, it is expensive and a People are just like, well, I'll wait for it to, for the Flash to hit max in a couple of months, and Elemental to hit uh, Disney Plus. Uh, but I think with Elemental, Pixar has kind of hurt themselves with the garbage that they put out recently. That people just don't think it's worth it to go see the movies, and it's gotten bad ratings um, already. It's like in the fifties on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. So it's going to be another movie that's not that great. And well, like- I'll, I'll also point out, and I'm not, not trying to make it live. It's just, you know, it's proven in psychology that habits, habits are really hard to break once you're in it. And, like, we do have to remember that we were locked down for a certain point in time. So it's also that. It's like, you know, there's no reason to go to the theater. I could just, as you just said, I could wait for it to come out. I could wait for it to be on an app. And i rather just stay indoors and not have to travel out. And it's sad because that's <clears> like <throat> the proof is in those numbers. And I am highly convinced that 
people still have that feeling of like, well, I don't need to travel as much or I don't need to go to these places. I could just stay indoors. And it's like, that's messed up because that's a level of anxiety or, or uh, a level of a thought in the back of your mind that you don't want to address it. Whereas I feel personally that people should push themselves to go out and be more social because it's not, I'm sorry, it's just not healthy to be constantly indoors. Well, I think it's, it's a little different because like Avatar 2 and what was the Super Mario Brothers, they made a lot opening weekends, like uh, over $100 million. So it's not necessarily that it's like people are staying home. It's just be, people are being more selective. And I, I think that Ezra Miller's antics may have affected the box office in a way. Um, they also, not too many people are familiar with The Flash. That's why they keep pushing Michael Keaton's Batman in it. Right. I, I think it's more like that, that people are going to, if a movie is good, they'll go see it. Like Avatar made over $2 billion. And um, it's right now, I think they're just being very selective about what they see. And I think it would have helped if, if Henry Cavill was in the movie as Superman and as opposed to this girl that's in it, although she looks pretty cool. And, um, you know, they, they, and Wonder Woman, Gail Godot, I think she might be in it, but it, it could have been, instead of calling it the flash, they could have called it justice league flashpoint or something like that. Yeah, they could have just the flash is not an attractive name or, it, there's got to be somebody out there that's like, oh, well, I, should I go to the movies when I could watch it on TV for free? You know, the Flash series that's out there. I mean, maybe they're getting the yeah. confused with that. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, they're in the final season. I've been taping it. I used to watch it all the time, and I fell off around season four. Uh, but I've been recording this because it's the last season, but I have to say, I, I used to like the Flash show a lot. It was really pretty good. I just wasn't a huge fan of the character. I mean, he ran I, fast. Neither, neither was I, but I liked, I liked the cast and what they did. Where you know, it wasn't just him. You know, we had a team backing him up, and the characters on the team were pretty good. Yeah, that could be cool. But I, I watched. I think the first episode, and that was it for me. <laughs> but I never stuck with it as hard as you did. I should have. Uh, well, like I said, the first the first few seasons were really pretty good, but then they kind of got a little too caught up on it, and it was like, okay, which which speed villain of the season are we going to fight this time? You know, um, but the first couple of seasons were really pretty good. Yeah. All right, last story here. So, Little Mermaid has come out, and it's a pretty good opening weekend, and I've heard it's actually pretty good. Uh, you know, it's not the worst. Disney live action movie that they've made. It's not the best either, but it's somewhere like in the middle, maybe a little bit higher than most of them. Um, but of course it's political, you know, cause you have a black aerial and some people are just completely against the fact that they, they cast a, a black actress to play Ariel. And then some are so in favor of her being black that, they're getting false ratings on all these 
different rating sites like IMDB is changing their rating system over this because they feel like a lot of the ratings that are coming out are not true. And I did look at them. There are a bunch of idiots on both sides where someone will give it a one because they can't give it a zero. So they'll give it a one and say, it's the worst movie ever. Don't go see it. Thank you. You know, and you'll have a ton of people saying that we people that have zero lives that they'll create all these false accounts just to say, you know, I gave it a one, I hated it, you'll hate it too, you know, and, and multiple people will just do that. And then there are other idiots that are like, we'll give it a 10 and say, this is the best movie that's ever been made. It's better than Gone with the Wind, you know, and all that. You have to go see this just because they want to support the actress that's in this movie. And so they're both trolls either way. You just can't say that, you know, there's only trolls on the negative side. There's trolls on the positive side too. So what IMDb is doing is they're eliminating the negative reviews, which I think is right. But if they're going to do that, I would say eliminate all the ones and, you know, but also eliminate all the tens because no movie is really a 10 and no movie. Well, I guess you could have a one. I guess you could have a 10 and a one, but it's not the little mermaid. I guarantee you. And they're a lot more rare that you get a movie. That's, that's a 10. That is like just nearly perfect. So if you got rid of a one for every, you got rid of a 10 for every one, eventually you're going to start to get a more true number. Yeah, it's, uh, I looked on Rotten Tomatoes and it's kind of weird too, that the way Disney is definitely, it's a powerhouse and they manipulate the ratings too. Cause like when they try to push how the ratings are displayed, there's like, if you click on critics, they have all critics, which are like, all critics that have reviewed the movie and it's a 68%, which is not the best, but it's not the worst. But if you, they also have top critics, which most people rely upon. That's a lot lower. That's 48%. And then they have the audience review. So all audience gave it a 57% and then verified audiences gave it a 95%. So the verified audience, which I think is a good idea is that you have to provide a picture of the, of the ticket, that you had to go see it, you know? I think that makes sense. Okay, that's fair enough. But I don't, I find it hard to believe that it's at 95%, you know, um, that it's that great of a movie. It, it's just, it's weird that like they're, they're pushing the higher numbers. Like, cause if they wanted to do that, they would push all audience and all critics, which would be 68% and 57%. But what they're doing is they're pushing all critics and verified audience to make it look like it's a better movie than it is. I, I just don't like that. You know, like someone out there is manipulating the numbers to make it look like it's uh it's a positive experience. And maybe it will be, but well, I mean, I honestly I expected to hear like nothing but hate for it. You know, and we know the whole thing about, you know, racial swapping you know, the little mermaid and everything. But from the stuff I've read, she she's not the problem. <laughs> that she actually does a pretty good job in it. Uh, but what it is, is it's like, what they do, they added an extra 52 minutes of giving all these other characters something to do with other side plots that really have don't have much to do with the little mermaid you know that that's what people have the most problems with 
is uh, the fact that you've turned a 90-minute movie into a two-hour and 15-minute movie. You know, with fluff, just because you want to give people screen time. And, you know, that seems to be the biggest complaint I, I've heard, you know, and I've read about online. But supposedly she's the Haley, what's her name? Haley what? Barry? Yeah, well, like I said, a lot of people have given her very good, you know, reviews on, you know, her singing and stuff. So, I don't know. I don't think she's the problem with it. Yeah, my sister and my mom went and saw it, and they said overall they liked it, but my sister said that the CGI wasn't good. And she also said that she didn't really like that the animals characters were so realistic. She said that there were scenes that just it wouldn't make sense. If she if like Ariel was like she gave the example, like if Ariel was really pulling on flounder, like his fins would really be ripped off. Like <laughs> like that stuff doesn't make sense, you know? That's like very literal. So mm. I could kind of see her point there. If they're going to make it realistic, it has to be realistic. But, um, but other than that, she said it was good. She said she just didn't like certain changes from the original story as far as about Eric. And I'm, I'm just going to go in there the way that I am, which is when I saw the first animated movie, I knew every song. I knew every line of that movie, like top to bottom. I watched it over and over and over again. So I really have to judge it from that film because that's the original and that's what I was raised with. So I probably will be very harsh and that's okay. I have that right because that was the first film that I saw, but I'm not going to base it off of the race and the gender. I mean, I did really have an issue with the post about King Triton's children. I thought that was really warped and freaking weird. <laughs> what, that they were all different races? Yeah, which means that he has a very, you know, he definitely was around, is what I'm saying. And if this is going to be a family film, that's not really what you want to explain to children at some point when they get it because that's going to be a conversation because it's like well if if the wife looks that way how come all of these kids are like this like that's a good freaking question let's talk about that in 10 years dear <laughs> you know <laughs> like but like I, like i know that they're not going to get it but i get it you know teenagers will get it you know and it's just the type of messages that I do have a problem with and I don't I don't mind saying that I have a problem with it. Like it's the whole part of discussion. So um but we'll see. Like I I will tear it apart. I am definitely gonna see if there's any occult stuff in here. Because <laughs> they have I mean, because they have said that, you know, it's uh the water land and stuff is based off of Atlantis again. So it's like, okay, this is like the third film within the span of two years that has a theme about Atlantis. So it's like, again, why are they putting all these like historical occult stuff in films? But we'll see 
you know, what else? You know, there is the sea witch, of course. So there's another witch and she has to be ugly and she has to be, you know, the way that she is. I mean, at least in the original film, she was ugly. I'm not going to say that Ursula was at any point. Melissa McCarthy is pretty ugly even when she's not a witch. So, well, I know they're going to be like, oh, that's mean to say, where it's like, okay, we're going to see this. If you're going to base it off of drag queens, I've seen a lot of very attractive drag queens in my day. And then I've also seen not so attractive drag queens. So, we'll see how that looks. I'm trying not to just judge it right away. I'm just saying these are some of the things that I'm going to be looking for. And I probably won't see it until it's on Disney Plus. So me too. I'll probably see it on Disney Plus. But um, you know, again, well, I still think the whole race swapping thing was Disney being like, "Look how progressive we are." And if you have a problem with Ariel being black, you need to look at yourself, not look at us. Now, pat us on the back and give us some sort of award for what we. Oh, did. I think I think that's absolutely definitely the case. But I definitely the case. Yeah. What I was trying to say was, you know. At least this girl has talent. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing of it. At least they got, yes, they did this, but you know what? At least they got somebody who can sing a song. No, I, no, she's just, I wouldn't say she's a victim. They, they're using her as a tool. You know, it's like there's going to be a bunch of idiots that are, there are going to be some racist idiots that, that say negative things about her. Uh, because of her skin color and all that. But, you know, I, I feel bad for her because I'm sure, she, I mean, she looks like a nice person. She has a beautiful voice. She's very pretty, you know. And, but it's almost like they're throwing her to the wolves, like to see, like, if there's a negative reaction, it's because you're a whole bunch of racists. But, you know, that, that poor girl has, is the one that's going to have to deal with it, not Disney. And, um, but, the, you know, again, the, the, my problems that I've heard is, is just the woke crap, like where it's like, well, we need to change the lyrics because they might seem offensive to some people. Like we can't have Eric encourage him to kiss the girl without her consent. And I don't know what the words are in that song, but apparently they changed those words so that, you know, Sebastian's not pushing him to kiss the girl. Oh, don't worry. When I watch it, I will have it fully prepared for that episode. Trust me. Okay, so you are going to see it soon, I assume. Yes. Oh, cool. All right, I want to hear your review. But the other thing they did, they cut out the the scene of Le Prasson, Le Prasson, you know, the. They one cut the that chef. one out too? Because they were afraid that children were going to be upset because Sebastian was a real crab and that it was it would be too triggering for children and some adults, you know, for the chef to be pulling out their guts, you know, and uh, so that there's no, I don't think there's a chef in this one, you know. I guess um, we need to close down Red Lobster. Guess so. Well, as long as you don't bring kids <laughs> into the kitchen. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I heard that. I was like, oh, God, Disney, Disney. Man, they, they need to somehow resurrect Walt from his grave. I know it can happen somehow. <laughs> And have him take over and say, all right, all you out. <laughs> Starting from scratch. He would, uh, probably. He would. Yeah, you know, and again, again, I don't know how strong Ariel is in this one, but it's it's obvious. They've already said it. Like, she's the one that kills Ursula. Uh, they don't have those those creatures. The you eels? Know, like how, well, no, they have the eels, but you know, like, 
when she would change mer people. Mm -hmm. Oh, into like those little shriveled, seaweed. like wormy. Yeah, thing? the urchin, the urchins. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't have that because they felt it was too disturbing. Um, so it's a softer, gentler Little Mermaid. You know, again, I I don't like the whole changing of the lyrics. That that irritates me the most. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. But whatever. What our society has become, where it's like, well, I was just watching an episode of The Simpsons before, and uh, Bart kind of like had a crush on this girl and his grandpa was like, well, why don't you just go over and give her a kiss? You know? And he gave her a kiss and they're like, they accused him of sexual harassment and her parents were suing the school, you know, for uh, Bart kissing her without her consent. You know? and, <laughs> but that's, what we've, that's what we've become. Lordy, Lordy. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's it. Um, let's wrap this one up. So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, you can always drop me a line at uh, jackm at wdwnt.com. And Fedra? You can follow me on Instagram, or you can be my friend on Facebook and email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And mention Nerd Alert. And also, I am on the podcast Rusted Junk, where it's a celebration of the best movies of the 80s. And this weekend, we are doing Risky Business. All right. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I just I saw that. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's still a good movie. You know. <laughs> yeah, but it would never get made today. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm going to say that I'm probably spoiling it a little bit. Hopefully Charlie doesn't listen to this. But uh, my biggest complaint with that movie is no way in hell would Tom Cruise have to pay for sex. That kid. Because <laughs> yeah. he was so good looking in that movie. And, you know, and like it, it's almost like yeah, but she was a working girl. She didn't know what she was, but what it, it was when she uh, took the phone call. I know, but it, it's still, it's like, I think they should, probably should have gotten a less attractive actor because if this was real, girls would be lining up in his backyard waiting to have sex with him from his high school, you know, but he had this like, gee golly attitude. It's like, well, I don't know. She might not like me. It's like, yeah, no. I mean, even me, I'm like damn that guy was a good looking guy well, he still is he's lucky looks go a long way my friend looks go a long way but crazy goes straight to the bone that's true <laughs> uh, also check out WDW News Today Disneyland News Today as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal News and finally if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and would like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 21. So until next time, see ya. Good night, all, and be good to each other. Good night, everyone. <laughs>